Just a quick one before we start the podcast to say a huge thank you to the new alien goddess Super Foral Eau de Parfum by Mugler for supporting the podcast today. Alien Goddess Super Foral Eau de Parfum is part of Mugler's iconic alien fragrance franchise. The new scent is beautiful. Think green cactus notes, a heady hit of jasmine and layers of long lasting florals. It's as wearable as it is enduring. A few mists of this one and you'll be reeling in the compliments all day. Hello and welcome to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Vischer. Today's guest is TV star, author and podcast host, Kagi Dunlop. Her series Saturn Returns is a must listen. In this episode, Kagi shares her holistic approach to beauty. I even believe the way you are emotionally affects your skin. You know, the way you're communicating with yourself and the relationship you have with yourself and all these different factors that come into play. So yeah, it's a very holistic approach. Reminds us that there's more to skincare than the products in her bathroom cabinet. You know, we can get caught up in thinking that the lotions and potions are going to do all the work and discusses the ever-evolving idea of self-worth. I'm starting to really know who I am and know my worth and my power, and it is not conditional on the lines on my forehead or the weight on the scales. It's much, much more than that. Cool. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kagi. I'm very excited to dive into all of your beauty tips and learnings. Um, But first, I like to ask um, our guests what their beauty vibe is in general. So are you quite disciplined? Do you stick to your favorites? Are you constantly trying new things? Like, what's your vibe? Um, I would say that I'm... I definitely stick to my favorites, but then because of the nature of what I do, I'm always, you know, I'm very lucky that I get sent a lot of things. So I'm also trying stuff out quite a lot of the time, but then I feel like I tend to return to the same things because I I know what works for my skin. My vibe in general is quite... I guess it's evolved over the years, but it feels now quite holistic. I like a natural look. I like using natural products when I can. And skincare is very much your thing, right? Yeah. The the way I approach skincare though is very, you know, I I got to, um, I went to this wellness clinic recently and it was amazing. And it was, you know, you go on a sort of detox, there's no caffeine and no, I don't think there was much sugar or anything like that. And the the difference I noticed in my skin of just four days there. And I spoke to someone because they had a whole sort of skin, uh, what's it called? Is it an, I should really know this, but an esthetician? Esthetician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) I went to, they had someone there and I went to speak to him and he said, you know, 70% of it is, uh, like working out and eating well. And I think that we, you know, we can get caught up in thinking that the lotions and potions are going to do all the work. Whereas my approach is very much lifestyle and how that affects my skin. And of course I love lovely products, but it's about looking at the way that you're living. I even believe the way you are emotionally affects your skin, you know, the way you're communicating with yourself and the relationship you have with yourself and all these different factors that come into play. So yeah, it's a very holistic approach. I totally agree because 
you get to, you know, quite the conversation that I'll have with my friends quite often is about little skin bugbears and everybody has one. And, you know, some, for somebody, it might be a couple of lines that appear between your forehead, but those lines aren't there because you're using the wrong face cream. They're there because you're tensing your face in a certain way quite often. And so it makes sense that if you're getting to the root of that stress and kind of nourishing that side of your well-being, that you're helping your skin too. A hundred percent. And also there's, like you say, there are certain things that we start to notice about ourselves, but I do, you know, that I try and adopt the approach that it's about aging gracefully and naturally, and it's okay to have lines and wrinkles we I feel in many ways especially with the rise of social media it's like women aren't allowed to age you know that's that feels like the messaging and as you go into your 30s it can feel you know whereas actually it's such a privilege to be able to age and I think that beauty is about holding that wisdom and it's something that you know there are certain women that you just look at and they look their age, but they have like a youthful kind of glow about them. And I just, I aspire to be like that kind of woman as I get older. I don't want to, hopefully I don't want to cling on to my youth too much. I want to kind of accept the next stage of womanhood that I'm going into. But that being said, I have, you know, my insecurities like anyone else, but I try and dismantle the narratives that float around me and and accept that or reject them and know that they're not how I feel about myself. Has that been a journey though? You know, when you were first thrust into the limelight on Made in Chelsea and everything about your image became very public, what took you from there to where you are now and I realize that's such a huge question (laughs) but do you feel like it has been a real learning curve or a curve of self-acceptance and really embracing your skin and the skin you're in and that privilege that you talk about yeah I think that because I had that experience quite young it was I found that more challenging with my body. And I'd, I'd say th- these two conversations are one of the same in many ways. You know, I feel like women are told that to achieve or to strive for a certain size and shape that doesn't exist <laughs> because it's like you're told you must be thinner and then you get thinner and then you're told you're too thin. <laughs> it's like, I'm not really sure. What, and it's sort of, it's an impossible task and I have, I, I would say when I was younger, it was more about, oh, I'm I'm being called curvy or I'm being called fat or, and I'd never been called those things before, but when you're in the press, you're going to be, you know, that's what the press have historically done to women. That was challenging, but it obviously, because I was so young, it was never about getting older, but I know I see the press do that to women that are getting older. There was something actually that I, someone put up, it was, it was, I can't remember who it was, but it was a woman in politics and she had this gray, beautiful streak in her hair and she was letting herself go gray naturally as she should. And then it was the title and I think it was the Daily Mail and it was like, so-and-so has let herself go. And then right next to it, someone had put Farrell, 
who has gone completely grey and he was walking around shopping and he looked quite disheveled and a bit of a mess to be honest and they wrote underneath silver flocks Colin Farrell and I was like see that's what's wrong and that's not something that's natural do you know what I mean that's something that's created that's a narrative that's creative to created to make women feel bad about themselves and about getting older and I think that that runs in parallel actually with when a woman starts to really know herself and step into her power she's simultaneously told like to not do that in a in a way does that make sense so I've kind of digressed from your question but also having that experience when I was young meant that the world of social media that exists now wasn't such a shock to the system because I'd already had the media, which is really very similar in the way that social media. So I actually empathize hugely with, you know, young women, young girls that have been brought up on social media that compare themselves to other people and and they think it's all real and they constantly think that they're not good enough. So in a way, having that experience was kind of helpful because it toughened me up a little bit. And then it was really over the last five years that I've had to actively be, like I say, rejecting these, these narratives of, it goes into like, oh, well, it's a small pool for women in their thirties. Do you know what I like? It's this like scarcity thing. Like, do not age, do not be too thin, do not be too fat no men left. (laughs) And I think it's completely untrue, but it takes every woman individually to actively reject that and say, no, I don't believe that for myself. And actually I'm starting to really know who I am and know my worth and my power. And it is not conditional on the lines on my forehead or the weight on the scales. It's much, much more than that. Absolutely. And at Grazia, we we talk a lot about this beauty anxiety that feeds a lot into skincare or has done historically. And there feels like there's a shift, thankfully, in how things are being played out. But with your approach to skincare and what you actually love applying day to day, does that come down to quite a sensorial experience? What products do you make a play for every day? Yeah, it does. And also to kind of go back to the the emotional piece, I often think, and I'm going to completely butcher this, but there's this study that they did in communicating, was it communicating with water? It was like they were giving messages to water or like hate. And then, and then it was like reacting in a certain way. And then they were feeding it love. And I think the same as your approach to your skin, if you're sort of like, you know, terrified of any wrinkles or lines or blemishes that come up and sort of picking and prodding at yourself, it's giving a certain energy to your skin. So I like to be quite ritualistic about it. I use a lot of oils, um, a lot of natural oils. And I like that kind of ritual of sitting down and actually being quite gentle and caring with my skin. My favorite cleanser that I keep coming back to is a really good one by Sarah Chapman. Sarah Chapman's one of my favorite places to go for my skin in London. I think they do amazing facials uh, and they have this cleansing. I guess it's like an oil, but that just leaves my skin feeling really, really good. 
Um, and then I think the best, one of the best creams out there is Arene Forte's Hibiscus Night Cream. It's just like so hydrating. So good. And then what about your top makeup tips? Because A, I know from your Instagram and for, st- for staring at you on Zoom today, you're all about the glow. What, what's I'm of- all about the glow. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talk me through your makeup bag and your top makeup tips. Yeah, I think it's with makeup, it's about, I believe, knowing what works for your face because, you know, you can have someone that looks incredible with a certain type of makeup and it just doesn't translate so knowing what works for you your skin tone the kind of clothes you wear everything like that personally like when I if makeup artists have ever done too much eye stuff it just doesn't look right on me um so I I do like a natural look I'd say that my favorite brand for that glow is Charlotte Tilbury because she nails glowy goddess looks um and so I have her flawless filter which has got like a bit of shimmer in it I guess and I use that and I use her wonder glow and then I have this little glossier concealer and I just use a bit of that on any blemishes on my under eyes and then also not necessarily using all of these things, but then I have a a Sarah Chapman. It's a tinted moisturizer, which usually I don't, I'm not a fan of tinted moisturizers, but this one, this one is very, very, very good. And it's 50 SPF. So try and incorporate that into my daily routine. And then, oh yes, a new discovery of makeup. It's quite a new brand is Merit. That's really like, that's kind of my vibe. You know, they've really nailed that sophisticated, natural, their products are super easy to use. And yeah, I've got a couple of their things. They've got this like glow. I don't know what it is. like a serum. I don't know what it does, but it just gives you that instant glowy look. Yeah. And the aesthetics are bang on. And when Cameron Diaz is a fan, you know, it's good as well. (laughs) Yeah. They've nailed it. They've nailed it. And we'll be back with the second part of Beauty Life Lessons in just a second. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to the new Alien Goddess Super Floral Eau de Parfum by Mugler, who is supporting the podcast today. Alien reached cult classic status for a reason, and this new floral edition is no exception. Its cocktail of cactus, jasmine, and everlasting floral notes will lift your mood and boost your confidence in one. Never underestimate the power of scent. And then you touched on treatments with um, Sarah Chapman, but what others are you kind of drawn to or do you regularly book in for makes you feel good? I have a few go-to people. So there's a girl that I go and see that works for Tara called Holly and Holly does this thing called a Kundalini facial. And it's like, she's got healing hands. So it's a very, it's a very sort of spiritual experience. And she put you you get in like a body bag and like she just does all these wonderful things and it's really like I love a facial that's that's super relaxing and yeah that feels like someone's holding space for you it's not just a a clinical experience it's far more sensorial like you say so I really like Holly and she'll always give you these little 
things afterwards, like what she, what you're going through and what you need to kind of do, which I love. I'm always here for that. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. And then I went and got a laser a few, maybe like a year ago, a bit longer than a year ago, by something called Luminous. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a face. Well, it's like a laser thing, so it's not yeah. actually like a fit. And they... <laughs> You do like a couple, I actually did it twice, but I think the idea is that it just kind of replenishes your skin. It hurt a little bit. That's probably the most extreme thing I've done. And then after a couple of months, you see the sort of results, but that's as adventurous as I've got with my skin. I'm quite protective of it in terms of, I don't want to, yeah, some people are like, oh, you know, you should start getting Botox and stuff, but I just don't know whether I'm into that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've, I mean, I'm very much a UDU person, but I'm the same. I've had um, a couple of those laser facials and I think they're particularly good. I think, you know, there's different lasers um, for different requests, essentially, but mine was targeted towards kind of evening out pigmentation. So whether that was sort of dark spots, but mainly for me, it was um, the sort of pigmentation you'll get if you've had breakouts that just kind of sit there under the surface. And I found that really beneficial. And like you said, quite prickly. And there was, there were bits that I was, my eyes were watering. I was like, Oh God, didn't realize it'd be this intense, but okay. I started self-finish, but yeah, really effective. I thought. I mean the things the things we do for beauty, honestly. But I've got I've got a little um pigmentation on the site that it's just a cosmetic thing, but it it bugs me. You know how we were saying earlier, everyone always has like their thing that they're aware of. How about fragrance? What are your go-to fragrances? I really loved it, Teak. I think just it's so classic and I just got one from there I can't remember which one it's called exactly but it's the jasmine one very chic so that's my favorite at the moment otherwise I just I sometimes just use rose oil just like a essential oil just pure rose and that can be really nice I tend to like things in that kind of realm that's so interesting and such a good tip. I think oils are really coming back in. Like my mum always wore Clarins Eau de Namazon, which is oil based. And then I was interviewing Tracy Ellis Ross the other week. And that's all she, that's pretty, like, she has a few favorite perfumes, but she loves wearing oils for perfume and they, she feels they kind of sit warmer on her skin somehow. And then I feel like obviously self-care is your bread and butter and something you speak about a lot on your own podcast, Saturn Returns, in various forms. What does self-care mean for you? And what are your top tips for anybody kind of struggling to fit it in, I guess, for all of those time, all of us who are time poor? Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess self-care has become a big buzzword, but I don't necessarily think people really know what it means or how it kind of factors into their life. For me, it is something that I speak about a lot on the podcast, but I also am challenged with it sometimes. I think we are quite programmed to put our needs at the bottom of the list. Uh, We've normalized burnout and all of these things. And 
living in London, like running your own business, it can feel like there's a never ending list of to do's. And we also like glorify and glamorize busyness. You know, it's like, oh, it's just everything's so stressful. And stress becomes this normal baseline thing of how you're operating. So I really try and when I'm noticing myself getting into that state to kind of pull back and to remind myself that nothing's going to fall apart if I just take some time. I think being disciplined with digital stuff like social media, because it can, that can be quite a, a toxic thing when we aren't feeling great about ourselves. And I believe that in, you know, 10 years time, people will look back and be like, God, I can't believe people were using social media the way that they were. It would be like smoking, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe people <laughs> used to smoke like they did because it's just still so new for us. So self-care for me is kind of being disciplined with those things. And then we just created online courses for Saturn Returns, which is kind of helping people with, I guess, the personal development aspect of, of self-care, of like learning how to set boundaries and really getting to know themselves, what they value, who they are authentically so that they can show up in their lives in a more meaningful way and go about things with a bit with greater clarity. So I've been doing a lot of those exercises at the moment and it's really helpful for me to kind of come back to even just sitting down and doing them is kind of an act of self-care. You know, it's like, I love a good TV show and it's fun to go online on social media. It's like, I'm not really checking in with myself or doing something that benefits who I am and finding the time to do that. And yeah, I do love online courses. I'm doing an astrology one at the moment and just learning more about myself and how I'm kind of evolving, I think is, is a great act of self-care for me. Also time alone. Yeah. I need a lot I need a lot of time alone. Just that in your space and not even necessarily trying to empty your thoughts, but just having that space to yourself. Yeah, just just being, you know. I um definitely quite an introvert by nature. I need to I love being around people and it's important for me to see friends and socialize, but I can get quite depleted by that. So having time doing things that I really enjoy on my own think even, you know, for people that are single doing stuff that's sort of romancing your own life, whether that's going to a nice dinner on your own with a book or to a yoga class or to a sound bath, all those kind of things are really good for grounding you. And yeah, there's some, I notice when I'm not carving out time to do those things, it really impacts my mental health and overall well-being. And I guess it's what you said before as well, knowing yourself enough to know what enriches you in that way, because it's so different for so many people and what helps one person to wind down might stress another out. Like I can't meditate to save my life, so I don't even attempt it. I'd rather read a book and kind of escape into that world for a bit than stress myself out trying to meditate. Trying to meditate. Yeah, swear by it. So, yeah, exactly. It's about knowing what works for you. 
Absolutely. Oh, well, I feel like I've learned so much and I feel very incredible. I've been incredibly calm at the end of this, actually. Do you? <laughs> I do, actually. It's been very soothing to speak to Kagi. <laughs> That's what everyone always says, but I feel so hectic in my own mind. It's really, I went, I did like a panel talk the other day and the whole way during it in my head, I was like, what? are you talking about? You're not making any sense. And then this woman afterwards was staring at me and I was like, why are you staring like that? She was like, I don't know. I just feel like when you're here, everything's going to be okay. I was like, that's, that's really not how I feel at all. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> you're putting so much calm out there and not keeping any for yourself. That's what's happening. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I do need to <laughs> calm myself down internally. Good that way round, I guess. Well, yeah. We'd love you to be as unstressed as you sound. So I would love me to be as unstressed with that. as I sound. <laughs> yeah. No, I found this calming as well. I felt oh, quite good. frazzled today, so this is quite nice to kind of, yeah. Oh, well, we'll G you up with our usual lighthearted note. I always ask our guests... Well, maybe this will stress you out. I don't know. But what's the biggest blun- beauty blunder you've come across so far? One that makes you laugh, hopefully. I've seen some pictures of me once I tried hair extensions. And just, they look great on some people, but I, I look like cousin it. I just had like this huge hair and it looked so fake as well. And I look back at that, I'm like, it was like that sort of experimental phase, you know, in your 20s where you, yeah, you're just like, you don't know what works for you. It takes a while to know like your vibe. And that was not my vibe. But if you look at the, the young 20 year olds of today and how sophisticated they are no. with their makeup and stuff, like, we were not, we were not like, I no. was not like that. No. So much bronzer without it blending into the neck. And then, yeah, we just, and also dry shampoo. Oh my God, they're all coming back to me now. So much dry shampoo and like this kind of back brush sort of. Yes, but that was a look. I remember it was like a a uniform. Uggs, Jack Jack Will's joggers hoodie (laughs) and back brushed hair in a deep side part like that. (laughs) Dry shampoo still showing. so much matted. Matted and Rimmel sun shimmer that you could smell. The sort of concealery lips. Oh, oh my God. I could never do that because look, this is, my lips are so dark and I had such bitterness for anybody who could actually put foundation over their lips and not look like somebody had punched them in the face. <laughs> it's just, it's not a good look. It it's not, not a good, a good look. look. But we've learned, mm. we've come out the other side. <laughs> and now we're using yeah. tinted moisturizer and everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Kagi. As I said, it's been an utter treat. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Vischer. Please keep listening for more episodes and listen back to previous episodes for some amazing guests sharing their top beauty tips. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. It really does make the difference to people finding us. See you next time. And a final thank you to the new alien goddess Superfural, Eau de Parfum by Mugler. Whether you've always been a fan of Mugler's iconic alien franchise or you're totally new to the brand, make sure you check out the new alien goddess Superfural, Eau de Parfum by Mugler.
It's a fresh new take on Mugler's Alien franchise and its vibrant medley of cactus, jasmine and floral notes will have you at hello. 